This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. So uh, I've been waiting, you know, the uh, the Sunday night football song. I'm waiting all day for a Sunday night, blah, blah. I've been waiting all year for tomorrow night. John Forsland and the Seattle Kraken are at PNC Arena. That means I get a chance to see John in person because he lives all the way on the other side of the country now, most of the time. Uh, he does, uh, he spends summers here. Uh, and I appreciate John Forsland still being willing to come on this program and talk hockey with me. Sir, welcome. How are you? Great to hear your voice, Adam. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing very well. You guys score a lot of goals. Yeah, that's the object of the game, you know. <laughs> uh, look, I've been watching a team that is under three goals per game basically all year. I'm not sure that's the object all the time. Um, so what is it like to call a game where the final score is 9-8? to eight? Oh, that was an incredible experience. Obviously something I've never been through in my career. Um, you know, usually when there's it's a high-scoring game, it's a blowout, right? A 7-2, 8-1, mm-hmm. something like that. But the way that game went back and forth, and, you know, we went to span, the, uh, the longest we went between goals in that game was five minutes and 46 seconds of playing time. <laughs> and uh, so it, it was always happening. There was always something going on. There was always a, a replay rip of the previous scoring uh, play, scoring chances. Uh, it was just a wild night in Los Angeles, and that's something I'll never forget. I mean, that is tremendous. You guys also won a game where you scored eight. Look, I was yeah. just – we saw you guys in the third game of the season, uh, and I don't think Seattle played all that well in that particular no. game. Um, but uh, obviously, when you've got uh, Burakovsky and uh, Jordan Eberle and Matty Berniers, absolutely – you could tell then – that there was tons of ability. Is he better in year one than you thought he would be? He really is. He's a burgeoning star. Uh, he's the he's the favorite, I think, for rookie of the year. And um, yeah, and and the thing about him is, he went through a period maybe two weeks ago where he didn't have a point in six games. Mm-hmm. And usually, a twenty year old player, rookie player, will you know start cheating a little bit offensively start cheating himself and the team you know to try and score and put himself in a bad defensive position and and that didn't happen and he continued to to work hard make defensive plays make contributions works hard every day to improve in the face-off circle and lo and behold he picked up his scoring again so uh the key with the kraken this season is scoring balance they're not going to knock your socks off with elite star players yet um, but they do have four lines when they're mm-hmm. on uh they all have potential to score and if you look at the score sheet and you look at the, the balance scoring that they have they're among the league leaders at that even from the defense position, and they've had pretty good continuity until now on the back end. They've got a suspension and and some injuries, and it's kind of creeping into their defensive core. But overall, uh, this is ahead of the curve, I think, From uh, to be fair. Uh, it's been a good start, uh, 16 wins. They've been exceptional on the road. They have nine of those wins on the road. Um, but tomorrow night, they're playing a really, really good team, and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, Carolina defensively has been, especially of late, has been very good. Although Carolina is not used to playing at home, John. They have only played consecutive home games once. It's My, my, my math tells me we're in the middle of December I find it yeah. amazing they have only played consecutive home games once, and since tomorrow is not a home game, I have no idea what to expect. 
Well, you know, you can cry me a river on that stuff. You're talking to someone that works for Seattle, right? And if you look at the travel in the West and you look at yeah. what these Western teams go through, for someone who spent his entire career in the Eastern Conference, you actually, even though I went and did national games in the Western Conference, until you start going through the scheduling matrix and, <laughs> and how they travel, um, it's very easy. I know that the Canes have been on the road a yeah. great deal, and they've done a great job with that that portion of their schedule, but they will recover from it quicker. Mm-hmm. They will get to a portion of their schedule in the second half where they're home a lot. Um, but the East uh, puts you in a spot where you can always jet home like they did, you know, before the Detroit game, I think they did, right? And, yeah. and, and get, out of, uh, get out of an area, come home, uh, get in your environment, get back on the road again. You can do that. In the West, you can't do that. I mean, uh, when the Kraken get on the road, it's two weeks at a time. And even in the division, you're going a two-and-a-half-hour flight, 245, down to Southern California to play in the division. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a different ball game. Let me ask you about one of the road games you guys had. This probably goes back three weeks or so. And I think for a lot of people, we're talking with John Forslund, a voice of the Seattle Kraken, uh, a lot of people didn't expect, especially after last year, they thought it would be a normal run for an expansion team. They didn't expect you guys to be as good as you are this year. And it's t- you know, second in the division, you go to Vegas, who was like off to an incredible start, and you win the game in Vegas. What is that like? What does that tell this team uh, about what expectations should be for this year? Well, it's funny. A uh, 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 chat with Ron Francis the other day and after that game he was uh, uh, uh rather it was it was uh, uh in a situation where he had cross paths with kelly mccrimmon the gm of the vegas golden knights and and he said that when seattle came in they they hadn't seen a team play them like that and i think what he meant by it was you know again if the, if the kraken are on their toes and they were not last night um if they are tomorrow night you're going to see a strong checking game in, in three zones of the ice and it comes in waves and the Canes can do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, where the Kraken are a little bit different is they, they don't have the skill. They don't have the individual skill of a Svechnikov and Ajo when he's healthy, Natchez, you know, those types of players, Jarvis. Uh, they don't they don't have that. But they do have, you know, Burge, like we've talked about, Beneers and mm-hmm. other veteran guys, Jordan Everly, Andre Burkowski, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Jaden Schwartz. You go down the list, these are really good second, third line players in the NHL, and they have 12 of them. And and sometimes that can overwhelm another team because the teams that are a little bit top-heavy can't deal with it. And that's how the Kraken have been able to win games. Um, and they're a little heavier, too. They, le- they yeah. lean on you. They, they, they like to play physical. They have a couple defensemen that will step up and make big hits. Adam Larson, Alexiak, mm-hmm. although he'll be suspended right. for tomorrow's game. Even a kid like Vince Dunn plays with a snarl. So you have to have that in the West. The West is a little bit different than the East, um, and, and that's how they play. So for, for the Kraken so far, so good. Uh, again, but it's reinforced by the fact that they have a mighty challenge at the end of a road trip tomorrow. John Forsland joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. All right, I'm going to ask you to put your national hat on here for a couple of things. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin, 800 goals, one behind Gordie Howe. He is only another 93 after that away from Wayne Gretzky. So probably not this year, right? Yeah, I don't think so. The projections are not for this year, no. And not for next year, probably in early 24, I think. The last thing I saw with people predicting these things. But with him, look what he did last night. You never know. 
What, what? I mean, he's obviously a special player for a lot of reasons, but he's got a great shot. But isn't like I? I just I look at the way he plays the game as yeah. a difference maker. I mean, a lot of guys with that shot. Um, but he he plays the game with such a I mean a joy uh, to use a kind of a soccer term. But he just has so much fun doing it. Well, he's really evolved too because he, he it's it's funny when when Crosby and and Ovechkin came into the league back in '05. They both came in with a with power in different ways, right? So I think Sidney Crosby has been the hardest. I, a hardest working superstar in terms of how he plays, if you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. He's like a superstar grinder. Um, that's how he's always played. And Alex came into the league with this with this big time hitting presence, uh, trying to throw guys through the end boards, uh, get himself in trouble, get himself walking the line of possible suspensions. Then there was some indifferent play when he was a young kid and and people in the media, the NHL, the national media, took some shots at him. He had, to, he had to grow up a little bit. He had to learn how to play. They had to figure out which side of the ice was better for him. You know, as a right-handed shot, he's, he's far better on the left side mm-hmm. and always has been than, than on the conventional right-wing side. And I think it has a lot to do with the angles of his shots and where he wants to shoot from. But all of these players have not only ex, ex, unbelievable athletic ability, but they're different than what we see today with Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, um, Sebastian Ajo. You know, players like this play it differently. You know, this is why Ovechkin will be a unique goal-scoring superstar because he's in he's in there with Gordy. And I think you know, to be to be fair here, he plays a little bit like Gordy Howe because Gordy Howe <laughs> was a was a was a powerful guy. He was naturally strong. He had these Popeye forearms. He could shoot from all over. Uh, and he was really, really downright uh, edgy and, ma- and, and really dirty to play against, you know, at times. Um, and Ovechkin has brought some of that. But these other players that we see now don't have that power dynamic. And because of that, as time has marched on, he's been able to evolve and not have to put himself in those spots where he could get hurt. Now he gets the room. He's got the presence. He's got the reputation. He's still 245 yep. pounds, 6'3", 245. He's just as big blocking block of a human being and uh but he got, he gets to areas where he obviously can can snipe from the power plays a whole nother story nobody has scored more power play goals than he um and and he's been a really good representative for the organization i mean and as a russian you know that has a lot of situations that especially today mm-hmm are difficult uh, to navigate, but not for them, not for the team, not for anybody that's played with him, not the things that I've heard about him uh, in the Washington market, in the community, what he's been able to do. So good for him. I, I think everybody's excited to watch this now, and he's really close to more history. All right, we are a third of the way through the season. Uh, the New Jersey Devils, is, are they off to a hot start, or are they legitimately one of the best teams in the East? Well, I think this is long enough. I mean, any team that's, you know, uh, throws out a record like this. Now, they've gone three games where they've had some trouble here. Um, where, and you have to see how they bounce back from a situation like this. Um, the team that I cover, they had lost three in a row, and then they rolled into Florida and won and kind of reestablished their identity. And everybody thought, oh, that's a good sign. And then they, they slipped again last night in Tampa. Um, but that's what you look for with these teams that you don't think were going to be as good as they are now. How do they handle a dip in their schedule where 
They're not getting those results. Uh, the time now for the Devils is now, um, but they didn't get off to a great start. They were calling for Lindy Ruff's job at one point. <laughs> they were three and three. Um, but the people in the analytic world were pointing to some numbers that were suggesting, and that's the good thing about analytics. They yeah. can tell you uh, in hockey how a team's playing without the result. And uh, and those numbers were pretty good for New Jersey in the early going when they were calling for Lindy's head, and then the fans had to apologize, right? <laughs> so um, they're fast. They play with an ex- uh, an extreme rate of speed, um, and they're and again, you're seeing players just scratching the surface, like Jack Hughes. It's just starting for him. He, he's going to be an unbelievable superstar, but he's not alone. They've got a tremendous amount of firepower, and the goalkeeping is holding up. Yeah. Uh, and they really don't have uh, Mackenzie Blackwell, uh, Blackwood, and they haven't had him all season. So uh, Vanacek's done the job. The young kid's done a good job supporting him. So it's a team there, and our good friend Dougie Hamilton's having a nice season after a tough one last year with injuries, and he just couldn't find his stride. Yeah, no, he D- Dougie's having a really good year. Uh, yeah. I think that team is good. I think that you know, when you draft as high as they've drafted uh, over the last several years, you can't help but become good. Uh, but also, I think it did, some additions like Andre Pilat just have just help in so many other ways. I think, and I think the addition of John Marino uh, has helped them a lot on the back end. I think they're a good team. Well, you're right, and and quickly that the thing to remember here is look what Edmonton did for years. Right, it took them a long time mm-hmm. with all those first round picks. So New Jersey, in a in a I think a quicker period of time is able to uh, uh, get those draft choices in a position where they make a difference. All right, final thing for you, John Forsland. Um, this is your second trip back. Last year, I know what it meant to you. I've spoken to you about it. it was you, I think you told me that it was one of your most memorable games you have ever done. Um, is tomorrow just a game, or do you no. think you'll still have some of those feelings? No, it's never just a game here. No, no. it's uh, There's too much. There's too much here, and it's still here, and uh, we're still here. And uh, the schedule is uh, is a lot kinder to me in the regular season than it was last year, where it was a back to back. And my phone died in the morning, and I spent uh, all day going from uh, one phone store to another trying to fix it. So I get over to the rink and call the game, and then we blew out of town. So that wasn't really a lot of fun. Um, this one here will be good. It's a nice off day to today. Game obviously tomorrow. Then I'm going to stay Friday for my youngest uh, 19th birthday, which is Friday. We'll all celebrate as a family. So that's really good. And then I'll get back to Seattle. And of course, as you know, I did playoff games here too. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of different because you come in on a national and you're you're kind of you're you're working at both sides of the equation. You're calling it down the middle, as I try to do anyway. But you're serving both uh, both sides when you do a national playoff game. Here it's a cracking game, right? So it is different when you come in and you're actually calling the game for the team that's trying to beat the Hurricanes. That's where it gets weird. That's where I still am not comfortable going in the visitors' booth. I'm not comfortable, you know, being in and around it. It just doesn't feel the same. But um, but it's it's okay. I mean, I'm excited. I, it'll be a lot of fun, and the fans here have been so good to me uh, since I left. And uh, there'll always be a bond with me, I hope. And uh, that's where it is. Are you kidding me? Of, of the, Yes, there will always be a bond with you, John. There always. So. Oh, of course. I mean, yeah. uh, oh, man, now I got. Now I want wings? Come on. Yeah, well, that's why I do. Yeah. Well, that's why the good, <laughs> good people, Buffalo Brothers, they keep me going here. Yeah. So 
Oh, man. I, I can't wait to see you tomorrow night. I'll be up there. Uh, on the fifth floor, and uh, we'll uh, we'll barge in. We'll we'll disrupt the broadcast. I thank you so much. You come right in. There'll, there'll be three of us there. We got Edzo tomorrow night, so uh, <laughs> very nice. There's always room for you. All right. Okay. I'll see you later. All right. Bye, Adam. John Forslund, voice of the Seattle Kraken. Love it. Look, Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. I was on your website, and I love the term financial termites because there are always things eating at your money that you can't see. So you don't want financial termites. Termites in the financial world are risk, fees, unnecessary commissions. All the bad things that we see and we hear about on TV are happening many times inside your portfolio you don't see. So you need a financial exterminator. Well, for the next 10 of you to call, we'll put together for you your very own total retirement plan at no cost. Call 888-843-0013. Or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. There's always going to, this is not about anybody else, right? It's always going to be the connection. I've said this before. Uh, and at some point, where John Forslund's going to be in the Carolina Hurricanes Hall of Fame. Um, but the, Rod Brindamore is the most significant person that has ever been part of this organization there's no second place to that but for 20 years more actually john forsland was the essentially the voice not not only the voice of the team but the biggest connection between the team and its fans so the growth of the sport here in north carolina Obviously, the performance on the ice, getting to the Stanley Cup Finals in 02, winning it in 06, getting to the Eastern Conference Finals in 09, all of that. Though Winning on the ice is the most important thing, and we'd be kidding ourselves if we thought it wasn't. But you don't always win on the ice. But the growth of the game and the, and the growth of the team on the fans and the fan base and the area has to continue even when you don't win. And that's where the John Forslands of the world come in. Wouldn't be this without John. No. Would not be this at all without him. Uh, So can't wait to see him tomorrow night at PNC Arena. And I can't wait to see the Kraken uh, not score nine goals. Yeah, please and thank you. My gosh, absolutely nuts. So the reason I chose William Peace was because of their stellar game design program. It's very rare to find a game design program in the United States at all, let alone North Carolina. And this place seemed like the right place for me for where I wanted to go and the connections I could make uh, within the program. Turn your hobby into a career in one of the highest paid professions in the country with William Peace University's Simulation and Game Design Program. Master design, 3D modeling, and programming in a state-of-the-art space with the latest and most remarkable technologies available. Find out more at peace.edu.